What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. It's Phoenix Down episode 104.0, and we are starting a new series. Uh, this one going over Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello, friends. And yeah, so Assassin's Creed. Haven't done Assassin's Creed on Phoenix Down. Also, haven't done Assassin's Creed, period, in probably 11 years. Yeah, I th- I it's, think it's, uh, it's been a while. It's been that long? Yeah, it's been about 11 years since I've actually played an Assassin's Creed game, uh, which I guess we should just go ahead and get into our history with uh, this game, or I guess would be, more importantly, this series. Um. Uh, Matt, give me a rundown of your. <laughs> I know what it is, and I, I just yeah. I, I want to hear it. Uh, it it feels weird because, I, not I guess not like Final Fantasy because Final Fantasy I was always on the fringes of, always excited about the new ones, but never really diving in. Assassin's Creed for me when the first one came out, I loved it. I mean, at least the start of it. But it was one of those games, I think still fairly early on in the PS3 days, that really was hurt by the complexity of the PS3 architecture. And the game was not smooth. It did not look good. It barely played all that well. But other parts of it were so cool at the time. And I, you know, I, I, don't, know, I don't think I bought it day one, but I bought Assassin's Creed fairly early on. Really loved the idea of it. Um, and and tried to get into it. I maybe got six or seven hours into it, and it just got very repetitive for me, and kind of the things that I don't necessarily love about open-world games kind of crept up where it was just, here's a billion things to do, make your own fun. And I'm like, I just need some more guidance, I think. Right. And, you know, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it, but it just kind of fizzled over time, and I, and I never finished it. And then, you know, then they came hot and heavy after that, and I told myself, these all look cool, but so did the first one, and you haven't finished that, so, you know, drawing a line in the sand of not buying any additional Assassin's Creed games until I finished the first one, that's where I've been left for so many ages, and that's where I've basically been until now, with some minor caveats that uh, I did pick up Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, just because I saw somebody play it, and I'm like, this looks so different, this looks so cool, and it was on some discount. I, I bought it, I put a you know an hour or two into it, and liked it, but you know felt guilty, like I was cheating on Assassin's Creed One. Uh-huh. So I said, nope, still going to go back and finish it, and <laughs> you know, I I, I kind of touched. Do I own any other ones? I did pick up Valhalla as my first and only PS5 game. And then played about an hour of it and immediately immediately put it back down. Not because I hadn't finished an Assassin's Creed game, but because I had also just received Ghost of Tsushima. And I'm like, that game's way better. So, I'm sorry, Valhalla, you're just going to have to wait till I find time for a lesser game. Right. Well, And I, and I think I picked up one or two on the, on the Vita. I think I picked up one on the Vita just... Because I thought if maybe, you know, maybe on some long flight, that's when I'll get into Assassin's Creed, but never even started it. So I have 
not even really thought that much about Assassin's Creed over the years because it's been like intentionally out of my mind and out of my focus. Yeah. Other than I, I guess Origins, I, I do remember Origins. Even just like the logo with the pyramid in the background, I'm like that. If ever there was a game aside from Black Flag that I wanted to break my fast and play, it was Origins. And uh, I had picked it up a while ago, not really with the intent to play it immediately, but I have had it and, and wanted to play it. And I, I guess I've been softening on those rules because I've also had many similar rules about not watching a TV show or watching a movie until I've read the book. And I've broken that a fair number of times now. So everything's fair game, I guess. Hmm. Gotcha. So, um, I have a story, story to tell you story, story time. Um, I saw the E3 demo with, uh, with, uh, Jade Raymond, who was the original director for Assassin's Creed, I believe. Um, and I was like, I have to play this game. This looks amazing. I loved the feeling of hiding in plain sight. That was what kind of hooked me. Yep. And, um, I bought this game day one, Assassin's Creed one, but day one played it. And I was one of those guys back, back in the days I was still, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I wanted to do everything in this game. And I did a lot of things in this game and I got burnt the hell out. Um, to the point where I put the game down and never finished it up until probably about two years later. At that point, Assassin's Creed 2 was out, I think, or it might have been, even been Brotherhood at that point. And I was like, all right, I have had this on my pile of shame for years. And it was like a Saturday morning. I sat down and said, I'm going to beat Assassin's Creed today. And I'm not going to hmm. leave this room until I beat Assassin's Creed. I used to do that pretty regularly. I'd do almost like a, a weekend lock-in. Right. Like I'm going to start a game on Friday night, and I'm just going to play it through and finish it by Sunday night. I proceeded to play that game until it was almost nighttime. Oh, that's I didn't. Awesome. I did not know. Well, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> because that game is so long and so boring. I'm sorry. Assassin's Creed 1 got to the point where it was just so tremendously boring. I did not. I was like, I, I am not having a good time, but I am not leaving this fucking room until I beat it. And I did beat it. And I was like, okay, thank God. And I dropped off. I, I didn't, I was like, I'm done with Assassin's Creed, man. Even though I owned two, I owned Brotherhood because um, I was like, yeah, I'm a, like the, I really like this first game. It kept it kept being fresh in my mind. Like, yeah, I remember playing this like a year ago, and I liked it. I want to see where it goes. Um, but I remember, um, what I did was so in 2010, my parents uh, went on a cross country road trip. It was my mom, my dad, my uncle, and my aunt. And they wanted to go to California because that's where my cousin lived. And so they drove from Georgia to California 
Oh, and man. and my parents wanted me to house it. So I stayed at my parents' house. Um, there's nothing to do at my parents' house. So I brought my PlayStation 3 with me. And I distinctly remember this because it was 2010. It was around April or May. I can't remember when, but I do remember it was when the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation Network got hacked and they turned off the PlayStation Network for like a month. And me being the idiot I am, I brought my PlayStation 3 to my parents' house. Couldn't play online. And I was like, well, I have nothing to do now. Great. Because I don't have anything to play. Well, looked at the games I brought with me, and lo and behold, Assassin's Creed 2 sitting there. In that week, I beat Assassin's Creed 2. I, I did the entirety of Assassin's Creed 2. Um, and the ending to Assassin's Creed 2 was absolutely fantastic. Um, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is insane. Uh, I've the, like the twist at the end of that game. Like really, I was like, wow. Okay. All right. This is really cool. So I immediately put in brotherhood. I got about six or seven hours into Brotherhood, and I said, yeah, I'm getting burned out again. I I don't know if I can do this. Also, Brotherhood started off slightly boring for me. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm feeling this. And I put Brotherhood down. That's the end of my Assassin's Creed journey. So uh, 2010 was the last time I ever played an Assassin's Creed game. Now, I say that to say this. I own every single Assassin's Creed game except for Valhalla. I own every one of them. And I have never played any of them. Did you buy them day one? No. Were you excited to play them or did you just kind of pick them up and say, yeah, one day I'll get to you? Deep, deep, deep discounts. Deep discounts and also Game Pass or PlayStation Plus games. Uh, I just, I, 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 I picked them up, uh, there, I know for a fact I purchased Origins and Odyssey at deep discounts, um, like 15 bucks or something like that. Um, the other ones, I think I got the, the one in French Revolution, uh, Assassin's Creed, ooh, what is it, what is it, what is it? Uh, no, no, Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah, Unity. Um, I, uh, uh. I, 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 I got that one because I believe Ken got an extra code for it, and he's like, "I don't. I already own this. Do you want it?" And I said, "Sure, I'll take it." Um, and I, I actually take that back. I, I have, I am a liar. <laughs> I am a liar. Because I played Assassin's Creed 3. In fact, I reviewed Assassin's Creed 3. I totally forgot about that. Uh, it had already came out on 360 and PlayStation 3, and we got a code for the PC version. And I was the only person that had a PC that could run it. So I reviewed the PC version of Assassin's Creed 3. 
I do remember that. Um, so yes, I have played Assassin's Creed three. Uh, I, 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 I finished Assassin's Creed three. I think I can't remember now. Um, no, I did not finish Assassin's Creed three because I, I could not remember. I could not remember, uh, the ending to it. And I had to be, I had to ask what the ending was because that is the one where they kind of sew up the, the, the Desmond Miles, um, Mm. trilogy, if you, if you will, even though there's multiple games. This would be a tough series to do a, a year of. I think you could get like a game in and be like, ah, I can't do this again. No, no, no. Um, so the reason why I wanted to play Assassin's Creed Origins was because everybody, and I mean everybody that I know that has played Assassin's Creed Odyssey says that it is one of the best games that came out this last generation. Um, but I owned Assassin's Creed Origins and everybody said, you need to play Origins first because if you go to Odyssey, you'll never want to go Origins. Yeah. I was like, okay, why? Because it, the game plays a little differently. It plays more like an RPG. It's a little bit more streamlined, even though it's a more giant world, all that good stuff. I was like, all right, the end game here is to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But I'm not playing it until I play through Assassin's Creed Origins. So this is like a Suffering Through the Witcher? doesn't feel like Suffering Through the Witcher 1. No, sure. not at all. This game is <laughs> leaps and bounds better than The Witcher 1. Yep. Um, but going to Assassin's Creed Origins, I have to say, it is starkly different. Uh, majorly different from the original Assassin's Creed that I played. Even Assassin's Creed 3. Um, to the point where I, I, they have basically just threw away the whole aspect that I originally loved about the game. Hiding, yeah, hiding in plain that. sight. <laughs> you were not, not hiding in plain sight in Assassin's Creed Origins. I actually found the ability to do that at one point in this game, and it like surprised me. Oh, okay. So yeah, so there is a way. That was that's all you did in in the original Assassin's Creed was kill somebody and then try to find a crowd. Yeah, I guess not that piece. Even I'm just talking about having like a little closet to hide in. Oh yeah, I found those. Yeah, that's. I meant like basically, you know, blending blending yeah. into the crowd kind of thing. Yeah, pretending to pray or something. Yep. So yeah, yeah. That's what I remember that the most from Assassin's Creed One. It was the it was the blending and the hiding and the escaping and the stealth. Yeah. And then the other thing I remember was just being amazed that like when you would walk through cl- crowds, he would like put his hands up and like <laughs> weave his way through a crowd. That was one of the running jokes with me and my roommates was when when we'd walk up to each other, we would put our hands up and on their on their chest and on their on their faces. Just kinda push them aside. Well not even push them, just just hold it up there. <laughs> and just, just, <laughs> just kinda pad them down. Yeah. Because that's what that's what he did. Uh yeah. Altair. That's it. Altair. That was another thing we used to make fun of was the flags. There was the flag mission in Assassin's Creed one where 
it, essentially it's a very game thing where you need to collect all these flags and they're aligned in a in a manner to where you have to do your parkour perfectly. Oh, and you also have a time limit. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, what is this guy saying to Altair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Altair. <laughs> we used to always do the voice. <laughs> I got these flags that I dropped in all these different places. If you could pick them up, that'd be great. Because I, I messed up my back. Also, I got a train <laughs> to catch in like five minutes, so go. <laughs> you know, it's just stupid shit like that. Yeah, Assassin's Creed was like a, the butt of our joke for a long time with my old roommates. But um, yeah, I, I I I feel like I know a decent amount about the series, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, when Origins came out, I straight up just ignored it. And didn't even pay attention to it. Oh, it's Assassin's Creed in Egypt. All right, got it. And then it went on deep discount at some point, And I was like, eh, 10 bucks. All right, I'll get to it one day. And that was it. Mm. So, yeah, here we are. We're playing Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, so a couple of, a couple of things. Uh, number one, I have no idea how to talk about this game. Yeah. Because it's... I have a lot of feelings when I play it, but, you know, maybe unpack those a little bit. But, yeah, it doesn't have that, you know, kind of tight tight narrative that would be easier, but maybe almost too linear to just kind of walk through. Right. Um, and then on top of that, I I know I texted you a couple days ago and said, hey... I'm actually really enjoying this game. How about we don't go with a deadline? Why don't we just play it and and do what we want in it and talk about it? And that's kind of how I feel about this game because I'm, I'm enjoying the living crap out of this game. Like, I, I am having legit fun with this game. The, the carrot on the stick... The you enter a place and say, "Oh, there's this hidden thing. If you want to go find it, or oh, if you want to, you know, get some loot, kill these two guys, and loot this place, and we'll give you some experience points for it." I might. I kind of go kill those two captains and, and loot this place, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though yep. it has no bearing on the story. And they do it. I feel like they do a really good job of of saying. Okay, here's your next story mission, but don't do it just yet because you're not really high enough level for it yet. But in this little area right here, we have three guys who will give you quests that will level you up to do that mission. I was like, okay, well then that's that's perfect for me. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That that specific thing happened to me a couple of times, and I and I was I was gonna say that you know if we were trying to rush through this, it's the kind of thing that might have been frustrating. Being like, I just want to go to the next story mission. I know what I need to do. You know, the narrative's got some movement. Let's let, let's keep going. Yeah. Oh, now I need to divert myself, and I have to do these side quests. Well, that's taking away from my ability to control what I do on a play session, and I don't love that. But coming at it a little bit from a more meandering perspective, I, I do want to do those things. I just want to do them on my own time. So I think not rushing through the story part of it really does help 
help prevent that kind of conflict of what to do next. Right. Because I, I generally want to go find those secrets, and I generally want to, you know, when I see an area that's sealed off, it's like, oh, I'm going to kill a captain, and I'm, I'm going to loot this place. I'm like, hey, you're damn straight, I'm going to. Yeah, that's... And the, the little things. So there's the... I ran into this thing where you, you're, like, trying to align constellations. Yep. Little puzzles. Yeah, the stone circles. Yeah, the stone circles, the, um, the, the, I don't know how you pronounce it, papyrus, is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah, they got the little, little like, um, puzzles on them and stuff. That, th- those are, like, those are really, like, scratching that itch that I wanted. And now I I wonder to myself, if this is great, how good is Assassin's Creed Odyssey going to be? <laughs> yeah, um, I I just like I, I'm 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 kind of in love with this game right now. Like I, that's all I, it's all I want to play right now. Like I've got review games that I've put on the back burner because I want to play Assassin's Creed. <laughs> I honestly haven't felt this way in a while. In fact, I feel it more here than I do with um, Phoenix Rising, Immortals, Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Uh, I really like that game, and it does feel definitely like one of these Assassin's Creed games. But it, Assassin's Creed blends it way better than that game does, I feel like. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, that that's maybe a more modern comparison, but just for me, comparing back to the first game, not only like they, they you know, they've clearly changed that focus away from stealth and away from the actual kill being the, the the main thing that you do, but everything else just feels more polished as well. Yeah, right. Like everything just feels refined. Like the I, you know, I knew Assassin's Creed as the the cool game where you could parkour everywhere. And having played other games that kind of do that well, like Infamous and like Spider-Man, I didn't really expect to care that much about it here. But I, I just really like how blended and how tight that is. Yeah, they. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm stuck when I have to climb a wall or or climb on top of a building. Like it just it's so seamless and so smooth. Yeah, and it's and it doesn't have those clear like here's the glowing yellow ledge, right? And I guess it never did, but it's just even more integrated and even more blended into the world than it was before. And it just, just feels great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the great things that I love about this series is that you can literally go anywhere. There's only a few places where they, they just, they won't let you climb up. Like you have to go around or something like that. But for the most part, if I need to go that way, I can straight up beeline it and just climb whatever the hell I want to. And I've I've always liked that about it. I love it about this game. Um, I feel like traversal in this game is is handled so well, not only with just the climbing stuff, but also yep. just getting around. You know, they unlock you know uh, the fast travel points whenever you go do the synchronization thing. Um, they have the you can call your horse or your camel or whatever you want to ride at any time and just hit a button and say, go to my objective. That yeah. is a godsend because it, there's times where I don't feel like getting lost in a bazaar. Yeah. You know, I was going to say it made this game feel like the shadow of the Witcher. 
when you call your horse, and then it, you know you can even see that little line on the ground. I'm like, yeah, it's going to follow its path. And there being a bit more narrative, even if it's kind of throwaway to some of the side missions. Yeah. And the fact that this has kind of turned more into an RPG than an assassin game. All, all of that, I'm like, oh, this this feels much more like The Witcher than it does Assassin's Creed One. Oh gosh, yeah. This is this is this yeah. When did The Witcher Three come out? 2015. Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. And this came out in 2017, so I can definitely tell this this game took some cues from The Witcher. Yep. And I think it handles some of the stuff better than The Witcher. Well, I mean, anytime you're actually playing the game, I think is better in this game. <laughs> you know. What, Matt, you there? Well, yep. Oh, I think you muted yourself. Uh, I was going to say just the you know the, the combat is just leaps and bounds better, but then the traversal also as well is good. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, story. You play as Bayak who was a magi, which I'm thinking is a lawman of some kind. Yeah, so they they call it a, a generic term for desert ranger police. Okay. But uh, apparently it just means people from this area, medja. Okay. And they just were basically groomed to be these defenders. So, um, but uh, he has, um, he's fallen from grace. Uh, uh, we, we, all right, we should start with the opening. The opening has a assassin, somebody who we don't see, um, attacking a group of people and killing a man by stabbing him in the face with a mask that has a blade in it. And I was like, oh, okay. And so we cut to to um, Bayek and he is now uh, hot on the trail of uh, one of his targets. Uh, and he ends up back at his hometown um and this is what 43 BC right yeah okay 49 BC 49 BC no. okay so um is this during the occupation of the the Romans, the Greeks. Uh, I thought it was parallel to it. I didn't think it was necessarily while they were occupied, but I'm not really sure. Okay. Um. So the I, I would assume they are because I'm pretty sure I saw some. Some dudes that look like centurions running around. I could be wrong. 
and I don't know if they'll get into it, but if they do, it's going to be insane because they, I mean, this is like during like Pontius Pilate times, right? (laughs) Or a little bit before that, I would assume. Yeah, you got me. That's not my area. (laughs) Not big into the uh, Judeo-Christian lore, are you? (laughs) Nope. Um, Fascinating it is, but I know none of it. Um, Which makes me think we should probably uh, uh, play El Shaddai at some point. But um, El Shaddai is a fantastic game, by the way. I have heard that. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming I, I, I could be wrong. Um, I, I know it is during a time during Cleopatra because, well, they they mentioned her. Yep. Um, so yeah, um, Bayek is is going to assassinate this person that he has tracked down. Um, and uh, after doing a few introductory side quests we get to take on this man uh so far in this game we have i I have not gotten the big set piece of an event going on and you have to to kill a person during this event a la maybe like a hitman kind of game Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in Assassin's Creed and 2 they definitely had that and this one I feel like they just kind of roam and they you know they go about their, their daily business and stuff like that there is one toward the end of this play session that, that it, it felt a little bit like a set piece but um, I assume maybe they build because yeah I had that same kind of sense but I imagine they're going to make a bigger deal once we get to the bigger names I would assume so um, I, uh, it was, um, hang on a second. Something just popped up on my damn screen here. Okay. There we go. Sorry. Whoa. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> something, something just for some reason, something just popped up. I don't know what happened. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. So, uh, tracking down this guy, and I, I, I just found him like, like walking around on a rooftop, or, or like, a, like on a ledge, and I just ran up to him and and started fighting him and and killed him there. And I was like, oh, okay. I was expecting something a little more, a little more dangerous, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's that's true of all these fights, right? They're, they're... Yeah, I mean, a lot of them, like you even mentioned before we recorded, like you almost accidentally killed one. I I did accidentally kill one. I accidentally killed a target and didn't even realize he was a target. Yeah. So. um, And that could happen with all of them if you explored enough because they they don't really call them out all that well. Yeah, I don't don't think so either. Or all that intentionally. Yeah. And, but yeah, so. Let me just talk about this because I love. When you take take down a guy, a target, and you go into this this like it, it it's it's a part of the animus, which uh, 
and it, and it gives like a little set piece of like a cutscene showing them talking to each other. Uh, yeah, they, it's almost like, oh, you just killed me. Yeah. And, well, they did it in the original Assassin's Creed. They did it in Assassin's Creed 2 and stuff like that. Um, they, they've always kind of done this, but I love the way they do it here because it's very stylized. Yep. Um, but uh, you get you get a lot more, uh, especially with the character development for Bayek, um, because he's, he's seeing visions of his son. And basically, like, you know, you're killing me, but it's not going to help anything. Yeah. You know. Um, and we do get some more backstory with Bayak and his son. Um, his son was, uh, well, <laughs> they wanted Bayak to do something. Uh, and, uh, we find out in a later cutscene, um, th- there was a group of men who, uh, because Bayek was so close to the priests and the king, I guess, I'm assuming, uh, or the pharaoh, I guess, I don't know, um, that he would know how to unlock a vault, a special vault. Uh, and, uh, they, uh, wanted, they had this, basically this, this artifact, and uh, wanted Bayek to open the vault, and he's like, "I have no idea how this works. I don't know." And they were—they had his son. Their his son basically kidnapped and using as a hostage. Um. So one thing I do want to mention, uh, Matt, you probably you you probably know. I'm not sure <clears throat> the artifact that they they wanted to use to open this vault. Uh, that circular uh like sphere. Do you know what that is? Nope. Um, I'm, I am 99% certain, certain it is what they call it, a, uh, apple of Eden, uh, which is what they called it in Assassin's Creed one or two. Um, and it is basically, so we're, we're going to end up hinting in some of the spoilers of the older Assassin's Creeds. If we're going to, if we're going to keep talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of knew we were signing up for that. I don't know any of the big twists in Assassin's Creed, but I feel like the Statue of Limitations is over. Yeah. So uh, the Apple of Edens are these sources of power um, that uh, are connected Ezio Alatori, uh, from Assassin's Creed 2, uh, was able to tap into uh, a few things uh, via Desmond Miles in the Animus. So Desmond Miles is sitting in the future in this chair, and he's going through his DNA to relive the events of his ancestors, which is also happening here. Um he is able to see certain visions uh, known as the truth. And what you eventually come to realize is, is that it is you're seeing visions of Adam and Eve 
and basically the dawn of human existence. And that we come from things otherworldly. And these apples of Eden or whatever hold some of that truth. Uh, they are ancient relics that come from another civilization. From where we come from, essentially. Um, and I'm pretty sure what they wanted us to use was a Apple of Eden on this vault door. Uh, but Bayek at least says he has no idea what it is, no idea how to use it. Correct. So long story short, Bayek doesn't know how to use it. Um, so uh, his son helps him, tries to help him escape. He gives him a knife to cut his bindings while the guys are, are turned around. They come back in and uh, Bayek tries to attack the the men and uh, he inadvertently stabs his own son uh, when the guy moves out of the way of the knife and he stabs his son and kills him. At that point, Bayek decides that every man in that room needs to die. Yep, vengeance. So he then is now, for the past year, been trying to find these men and kill them. And this was one of the men that we killed. So there's... One, two, three, four. There's four targets to begin with. Right? Is it four or five? There may be five. It's five. Uh, there was what? The snake, the ram, the... Ah, crap. Hang on. The ibis? The ibis? Heron, the heron, and um, so that's one down, four to go. Um, well, uh, the next thing we need to do is uh, after you know doing a series of things, uh, travel to Alexandria uh, because in Alexandria uh, that is where. Aya is, or Aya, I don't know how, how, how they pronounce it. Like Aya Bray? Maybe. Um, I did like how, you know, with that, the scene with his son, you got to play it, and you got some good moments of him trying to, like, coach his son to be a medjay, but he's still just, like, on the cusp, so he's a little too scared to act boldly. Sure. Right, so I just I don't know the fact that you got to play that I, I enjoyed. Yeah, it felt that it. felt a little bit like uh, some God of War in there. Yep, yep. Although Bayek seems like a a nicer dad, <laughs> I should say. I mean, hard not to be. <laughs> yeah, boy, stop being coy head. But. uh yeah, so um, we have to go to Alexandria. Um, and that's when... So uh, what was the first town called? You remember? Siwa. Siwa. from Bayek of Siwa. Bayek of Siwa. So Siwa uh, is a relatively large area, um, but it's you can tell it's kind of like the White Orchard from The Witcher 3. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, when we travel to Alexandria, we don't just go into the city of Alexandria. We start out in the friggin' sand dunes. And there's a there's a part, and it's a, I think it's a part that you're supposed you, you know you play it, and I think it's supposed to be kind of like a in game set piece as long as you kind of approach it the right way. You go over the sand dune, and when you reach the top of it, you see the city of Alexandria. You see the the giant. I, I, is it the is it a lake or is it actual the Nile River? I don't know. I don't know Egypt at all. Um, there's a large body of water there and just the, 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 the desert sand mixed with the lushness of the city. I was like, holy crap, this looks amazing. Yeah. It feels like a nice oasis and you get that, the colored pop, yeah, the different, different sets of scenery. Yeah. And then to the right, there's the, the, uh, the pyramids. Yeah. I was like, oh God, I want to go to those pyramids, but I'm not going to go there just yet. I'll go there. Yeah. I mean. As like a the, the baseline, that's one of the main reasons I'm so excited to to play this. Is when I was when I was a kid, I, maybe most kids did, but you know, I had a pretty big, big Egypt obsession, right? And got so excited. One of my aunts one time brought me back uh, a, a picture she had taken at, at a museum of Tutankhamun's mask, and uh, you know, just always excited. I had a bunch of books on. Kids getting lost in in the pyramids and all kinds of crazy tapping and this you know I I don't know I guess I haven't really just played a good Egypt based game before I don't think I have either it's I seems mean, like a pretty obvious setting to have not had a a, a primo game for for years yeah so the 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 big thing for me is just how great. Like this game looks amazing as it is. Yep. Um, but just the wide open space and just the the massive scale of this game, I was like, oh man, this is this is really like just hitting me. And I, this that was kind of like when I was like, I think I kind of really like this game. Like, like I, but I, it's funny. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's uh it's it's like the polar opposite of Yakuza. Right where it's the same tight hallways and tight streets, densely packed streets, and that's all you have there. Th- this is like the the exact opposite of that. Oh yeah. So it's it's almost a nice change of pace. There. Absolutely. And um, I mean, it just goes to show you they added a a mode in this game where there's no combat; it's just exploration, and it's basically like you're taking a tour. Of ancient Egypt, like they give you like factoids and stuff like that. Huh. There, there is like they added it in, and I was like, that sounds very interesting, and I kind of want to take a look at it whenever I finish this game. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm assuming I could be wrong. I'm assuming there's got to be an achievement for climbing the the Great Tower or not Great Tower, the Great Pyramid, right? Yeah, I mean, I assume so. At, at the very minimum, there must be, you know, a lookout point at the top, but there, there should be. I would say, I would say so. Regardless, I'm climbing it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta find, yeah, I gotta find up. the Sphinx, right? The Sphinx is is probably still intact at this point. Yeah, it should be fully nosed. Yeah, gotta find it. 
but uh yeah I, like when i when i saw that i was like yeah i think i kind of want to spend a lot of time in this game like i i want to take my time with this game that's when i realized it and then i you know obviously i i knew about the uh the the great library of alexandria mm-hmm. so, which was where we we're headed next that's where we were supposed to meet with uh aya or aya um uh, which is Bayek's wife um and there's a few things we have to do here. Uh, we talk to the one of the head priests there. They're obviously talking about um, the um, kind of the, the the reign of the of the new pharaoh, which is uh, how do you pronounce that? Tomei or Tup? Ptolemy, 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 it starts with a P, but it, I don't think yet there's a... Yeah, Ptolemy, because it's Ptolemaic. Ptolemy, yeah. Yeah, I think You'll, the P's silent. Yeah, you, you have to me, because A, I don't know, I I, I can't, I, these names are, are impossible to me. Also, I'm, I'm primarily playing this game almost on mute, because I'm either playing it while my wife's working, or while my wife's sleeping. So, I'm playing it very quietly. With subtitles, that's on? funny. I actually have been as well, and I'm like, oh, I need to remember to put subtitles on because I'm definitely missing some of the conversation because I'm playing it fairly quietly. So yeah, um, but he's he's kind of ruling pretty harshly, and people aren't really liking it. Um, but uh, yeah, doing a few side missions here. I I did while I was here. I, I ran into a um, a small little island that was covered with crocodiles, mm. and there was a boss crocodile I had to kill on it, <laughs> and I died to this crocodile three times, and I said, I'm not continuing this game until I kill this damn crocodile. <laughs> I, I've actually already said that about five times in this game, <laughs> where I've died many times, and I've said, look... I'll put my hands in the air and say, this game did nothing wrong. I, I was a little too brash jumping in that room. Yeah. I should have, you know, should have assessed the layout. I should have snuck and taken a few people out first. Should have lured people away. And I, uh, I've definitely had multiple times in this game where I've died at least five times. Yeah. Including that damn bathhouse. <laughs> We're going to get to that. So um, <clears throat> we go and meet with with Aya. I'll call her Aya. And um, I mean, that seems like they're still happily married. They miss each other. They uh, they have a nice little little makeout session. Um, and uh, she reveals that uh, while Bayek's been away tracking down his targets, oh, she's also killed some targets. In fact. She was the person we saw at the beginning of the game stabbing a dude with a mask. Once that's revealed, when you go look at the, the, the target map, two other guys are dead now. <laughs> so now there's only two guys left. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, all right. So we got to go find those two guys, which doesn't take very long. In fact, one of them, we already know where he's at. And that's when I was like, Oh, I, I, I've already killed that guy. 
Um, so the guy who was like the second in command to the snake, the guy yeah, with the, the headdress. Yep. Um, I had already killed him, um, because I was, you know, running around Alexandria and I saw this place that said restricted and I said, <laughs> not anymore. And just went in there and murdered some d- dudes and he was one of them. I killed him and then it gave me the option to quote unquote confirm the kill and it went into a cutscene with him and I was like, Oh, is this targets? I was like, What am I doing here? Um and looked on the screen and yeah, I, I killed one of the guys. And I was like, Okay, I didn't know I could just do that. So is there a way to just kill everybody and 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 then do the cutscene. So, I, I don't know. I I feel like I, I was like, did I get a glitch or something? Did I glitch this game? Um, it's funny. I I actually thought I had either glitched or blacked out when I looked at the screen and saw that more of the targets had already been assassinated than I expected. Because at the beginning of the game, I, I also must have looked away. Because all of a sudden, like the very first time I booted this game up, you know, I was watching the intro and saw the eagle and its eyes and it's flying around. I look away, I look back, and all of a sudden I'm fighting that first guy. Yeah. And I was like, what is even happening? How am I already fighting somebody? And uh, I was like, I, I don't know what I missed. I'll have to figure it out later. And then later on, when all of a sudden two more people are dead than I thought, I'm like, man, this game is either jumping time or I'm like blacking out. I don't know what's going on. I find myself in situations that I did not expect to be in. Yeah. Well, that's when I was like, oh, I thought Bayek was the guy who killed the guy with the mask. But then she was like, no, no, I did that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we're like, yeah, we took care of those two guys while Bayek was doing other things. I was like, oh, well, that's that's... That's nice, I guess. Well, it speeds the game up. Yeah. Um, so there's only one guy left to kill. And, and and our revenge has been served cold. So, yeah. Uh, we we uh, have to go... I mean, and... we did actually kill the kid, so... How much revenge do you actually need? This is true. The, the, the ultimate revenge is killing yourself. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I, um... We do have to go get some information. We have to find out where this guy is. Um, and, and we have not talked about the mechanics of this game much, really. Um, so, if I remember correctly, the original Assassin's Creed, there was the... It was more like a... Almost like Batman combat, where you would you would get surrounded by guys, and you would have to fight them off. Yeah. Kind of like one by one, picking them off kind of thing. This, I think so. This game feels completely... It feels more like an action game. Um, and depending on the type of weapon you have equipped, you play differently. Uh, you have a heavy attack and you have a light attack, uh, both done with the, either the right bumper or the right trigger. Um, and I have leaned deeply into uh, the sickle swords or the yep. dual swords. I've pretty much only done the sickle sword because we got... A legendary one pretty early. I did, that, uh, I did not. Oh, I'm not sure what I did then. 
I got one that that poisons the enemies. Oh. So I just end up leaving these poisonous bodies all all over the place. Okay. Uh, and then I was able to upgrade it when I hit level seven, or I upgraded it to level seven. So this this thing has been really good for me. I, I've been able to just hit somebody once and then dance away from them, and uh, let the poison take care of them, or at least help me out. Dang, I need to I need to definitely get a hold of that then. I yeah, did I did finally get my first legendary. Um, probably about the last thirty minutes I played this game. So that's another thing is that there is rarity. Uh, in this game, yep. uh, you can uh, find you'll constantly find new weapons um, to to equip that you know have the you know common, uncommon, rare, legendary that sort of thing, much like a Diablo type game. And then you can also do like a you can upgrade your armor to basically, I guess, give you like a, a static status increase you know i guess in defense uh and you do that by using crafting materials like you can go out hunting and get leather or you can uh get wood from um i, I don't know where you actually get it from i guess you just loot it yeah i was just gonna ask that i'm like i definitely killed some animals to get some hides so i could i could craft but i don't know where you would get trees i've noticed wood or so the other mechanic in this game is um, Biax Hawk Falcon Eagle Yeah I was gonna say a falcon Okay uh, I know in other Assassin's Creed they called it Eagle Vision so it may be like a golden eagle mm. Yeah it could be I don't know if eagles are Senu Senu Yeah Senu Senu of his eagle Um and oh, that, it is an eagle. Okay, there you go. Uh, and so, um, Sinu is another cool thing. So, uh, another Ubisoft game, uh, Far Cry, you have uh, to pull out some binoculars and scout out an area, and if you don't see a person, you, you just don't mark it. Sinu is an eagle... Who can see through walls, and that and is you. Apparently, awesome. have a psychic link with. Yes, you also have a psychic link with him, and I am a okay with that. <laughs> yep. Because when I get close to a vicinity and it pops up saying, "Why don't you call out Sinew?" I pull out Sinew and I scan until he goes ah, and I was like, "There he is." He's in that building. How does this bird know that? I don't know, but he does know, and I'm going to use that information. Thank you, Ubisoft. You have done something that a filthy casual like me really, really loves. I don't have to run around a place for 20 minutes trying to find something. Does Bayek really love that eagle, too? Because every time you jump off of your your high perch into... The, the palm fronds are into the hay. Does he make an eagle sound? That is that has been in every Assassin's Creed yep. game. Yep. It's, it has been. And I always assumed it was an eagle doing it, but now that he's got this relationship with his eagle, maybe he's just making eagle sounds. Maybe he is. That would have been great. That would have been fantastic. Why didn't they do that? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, yes, that is a wonderful addition. 
And I really hope there's something like that in Odyssey because if it's not, I don't know how much fun I'm going to have in that game (laughs) because you have given me, it's not even an easy button. It is a time saving button and it is something that I desperately need in these kinds of games. Don't make me run around trying to find the one little pixel where this person is or the one freaking room that I didn't walk into. Just give me a scan and say what you're looking for is right there in that room and we're going to mark it for you. And if it moves, we will show you on your compass. Thank you. Because especially if it's somebody you're trying to kill. It doesn't detract from your need to strategize how you're going to get in and how you're going to handle the situation at all. Yeah. It just that just prevents you from kind of wasting time. Uh, there is one other thing I should mention is that uh, during the cutscene with uh, Aya, she gives us the the classic Assassin's Creed weapon, mm. the Hidden Blade, which is a blade that they put on their forearm when you extend your hand upward in a Spider-Man motion. It comes out <laughs> and stabs. Or at least you're supposed to do that. Yeah, at least you're supposed to do that, which we find out Bayek doesn't really know how to do in the next target. It learns the hard way. Yeah, it definitely learns the hard way. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, after finding out where the next target is, he likes to hang out in this bathhouse. Frequents the bathhouse. So we have to go to the bathhouse and uh, uh, assassinate him. Uh, and in, so... This is the first assassination that felt like a set piece. Yep. Cause because you, like they set it up even more than just like the actual assassination because you had to go somewhere else. You're like, I know he's the snake, but who actually is he? And so, you know, there's there's kind of like a build up to this where you have to go figure out his identity. Yeah. And then, you know, not then when you know it, then you can know to track him down at the bathhouse. So it, it definitely felt like like you were building like this guy's important. Right. So, uh, on top of that, you also basically have like a, a, a cutscene break where, you know, face to black and now you're in a robe, like a bathrobe, and you're walking around this place. I was like, okay, so we're kind of hiding in plain sight a little bit. All right, I got you. And so this guy is in a room by himself, uh, separate from the other baths. I don't know. Um, and he has two guards at the entrance to it. Okay. Well, how do I get to this guy? So I start looking up and look at that. There is a, a little place where I can climb over a wall and, um, but now that I have my hidden blade, I can jump on guys and assassinate them from above, which still feels cool, which still feels really cool. And that's what I did. I perched up there and just jumped on him and and uh, confirmed my kill, which in doing so, um, we get a nice little cutscene where the other guy fights back for a little while and uh, jumps on top of Bayek and uh, is trying to hold him underwater. Bayek then opens the hidden blade but doesn't move his finger right away and severs <laughs> over a third of his ring finger. But it also stabs the guy in the head, and, well, he's dead now. 
so yeah, oof, that that looked like it hurt. Yep. And Matt, tell me how you escaped the bathhouse. Uh, the first time I went back up over the wall, the same way I got in, as you just described, and definitely people, like, saw me, even though nobody actually saw me assassinate Eudorus the snake. They still somehow knew that I was the guy, and I ran all the way to the front of the bathhouse and looked to escape, and then it said, make sure you clear all, like, the enemies. And I said, ah, I don't have any weapons, though. So, you know, then my second through eighth time, I, instead of climbing up and over that wall, I just brawled my way out, and I took the two guards that were guarding the private bath first, and tried to stay in that little area so that I could keep the, out of the enemy's line of sight, as well as engage them kind of more one at a time, and just had to punch punch my way out. I think there was, what? six enemies total and I just uh, once I finished them off then I just strutted my way out the front door gotcha just took me a few tries so um, I did the same thing I assassinated him and climbed back over the wall that I came from climbed out a window (laughs) well no I went to the front door um, and I did everything you did minus when you said strut through, that's exactly what I did. Nobody ever looked at me. Ah. I killed a guy, went, climbed over, and as soon as I got to the door, I heard somebody in the background say, hey, this guy's dead. And then that was it. <laughs> I I legit just, you know, <laughs> just walked nice. out. I was like, because you said escape the bathhouse. I was like, escape? And I walked out, but all right. <laughs> nope. I, I brawled my way because they have all their weapons, even though I don't. Right. So I was really at a point, like three hits, and I was dead. Nice. Um, and, and it was just, it was me also trying to get into that mind of just play defensively, don't be stupid, because it, they were easy to kill individually, but then I would always be like, ah, oh, I can just get one more hit in and, and then pay the price. Uh, so yeah, I was, it was basically my, one of my learning points in this game of play the game the way the game wants you to play it. Although had I actually done that, maybe I never would have fought anybody. Yeah. I don't know what I did differently. I, I guess maybe I was just quicker. Yeah, maybe. Cause I only tried that once. It was, as soon as I was seen on the other side, I just said, all right, well they already know it's me. But, you know, maybe I just walked into somebody's line of sight and didn't need to fight my way out, but I assumed I did. Yeah, maybe I just avoided everybody. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I was I was able to do that. Nice. Um, and uh, Bayek grabs a, a hot iron in a brazier and cauterizes his finger because, well, he just cut it off. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's where I strolled out and... I did a couple more side quests. Uh, I did a side quest where I had to steal a a cart with food. Yep, I did that one. Those horses do not want to cooperate with me. They they do not have a, a tight turning radius either. No. Um, and uh, there was twice where I got stuck on the environment and had to 
desynchronize and um, had to redo it again. Uh, and the next thing I have to do is go back and talk to Aya. And that is where I stopped. Did you have the super enemies come after you at all? The, the Phi Lakes? Yes. Uh, so after I killed the second to last guy, it popped up saying, you are now on the, you're on the shit list. Yep. And I did run into one of those guys. Run away from those guys. Huh. I did zero damage to them. Zero. I am hitting this guy with everything I got. And I think the only way I could actually do damage was doing a heart attack from behind. And that's almost impossible. Yep. So, yeah. No, I, I ran away from those guys. Um, And there's one thing we didn't mention, which I guess we can mention now, is, well, the modern day part of this game. Which I had, to be honest with you, uh, until it actually happened, I forgot that was even part of the game. <laughs> well, not all that much actually happens in modern day. No, in fact, you don't really have to do anything. I ran around. Even, yeah, me too. And, and even went outside. They said, no, no, you can't go that far and made me come back. And I was like, okay, well, I, I mean, I guess. The second cutscene was better. This I got not cutscene, but the second shift was better because at least something happens. Okay, see, I haven't even got there yet. Ah, uh, okay. I think it's whenever I go back and talk to Aya. Yep, I think it is. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't know when the modern day is taking place. I'm assuming it's nowadays. Maybe a little bit in the future. Not sure, um, but. Uh, you're playing as Bayek's ancestor named uh, Layla. Layla, or, yep. Or Lila, I don't know. Um, and uh, she... I don't know who she is, uh, other than she said that she, she's obviously doing this by herself. She's, she's, she's in the tomb of Bayek, and she has her little like animus that she sits in. She's also talking to somebody over the radio. And she, I, I remember her having the throwaway line of after all of this, Abstergo has to take me back. Yeah. I get the sense that she was maybe part of a research team or something, but was excluded for some reason. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but like I said, legit like as her for three minutes tops yep I did notice that when you go to the pause menu instead of seeing you know character stats and stuff like that it's basically like her laptop and you can go through <laughs> like you can go through emails and pictures and stuff like that I kind of want to read all that yep you can do that also her laptop sitting on the table you can interact with it and it gives you emails and other stuff you can read yeah so I'm, I'm definitely going to read that the next time I play as her. So, um, but yeah, that's that's where I stop. Matt, how how much farther are you from me? Not much farther. I'd say maybe only a half hour. Okay. Um, Story-wise, anyway. I don't know. I, I, I'm about a little over seven hours total, I would say. 
I mean, I did basically every side mission that I saw. There's a lot of the... They were like white diamonds on the map with a action mark in it. Yeah, those are your regular side quests. There's also a like a yep. a teal blue colored diamond. Yep. Which are yeah, I saw those. I haven't done any of them though. Those are like um, timed missions where you can accept it and you have like five hours to get it done. It's like yeah, a it's okay. like a it's like a daily mission that you can do, and when you do it, they give you like a randomized item, like a piece of equipment. Yeah, see, I I think I did the interact the initiation point of that because there was some kid that I interacted with. Yeah, it's always the same kid. Yep, but then the the three or four that popped up on my screen were all like level twenty or higher. So those are event quests, apparently. So they're still doing event uh, quests for this game that you can come back to each week. Like you have like you have forty nine hours left to do this mission, and yep. like it's it's just a a randomized mission that you can do apparently. That they hmm, that they yeah, cool. they've been doing it since twenty seventeen apparently. Uh, yeah, I noticed those too. I was like, what the hell is this? Is this like? the next target on the list, but you can't do it until level 47 kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I, it's going to be a while. Yeah. But then I realized, Oh, it's timed. It was like, and it pops up thing like special event quest or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to just, add yeah, absolutely. We, um, we also have an email. Let me bring that up real quick. comes in from Chad and uh, it says uh, it's titled AC Origins and Yubian he says howdy crew uh, you all never seem too hot on the AC series which is why I'm surprised you decided to jump into this one I'm really curious to see what you all think because Origins is my personal favorite in the series unlike most people I prefer Origins to Odyssey and Valhalla Although the combat and abilities are more polished in Odyssey, I feel like Origins has the most streamlined and enjoyable approach amongst the re recent trilogy. Odyssey and Valhalla feel a bit too bloated and long in the tooth. Although Origins may seem that way at first too, there is a fairly easy rhythm to keep keeping the gameplay and story fresh. This one in particular out of the trilogy seems to draw the most inspiration from The Witcher. My advice is to stick to main quest and ignore most of the extra stuff. However, play enough of the side quest in between the main missions to the point you reach the next main mission recommended level and then move on with the story. I also wouldn't worry too much about leveling up your weapons at the blacksmith or playing around too much with the engravings. Considering Matt isn't very interested in open world stuff, this may help the pacing of the game. Speaking of side missions, there aren't they aren't too bad. Maybe uh, not as flashed out as The Witcher, but they are well-written and don't come off as just a bunch of fetch quests. However, it will make your game seem much longer if you try to complete all of them, which is why I suggest just doing some of them in between main missions to build up your level. Personally, the story is pretty good, but it's Bayak that I think really drives me into this game. I might even go as far as to say that he is more charismatic than Ezio. He shows a range of character and emotions that makes his reactions and motives feel natural. The only exception is when Bayek gets mad. I laugh just about every time because I swear he sounds like Schwarzenegger. 
<laughs> Some side quests play off as a familiar uh, of play, pay off his familiarity of people within the regions as his role with the Medjay as well. I think you will notice that in most of the larger cities, there is a small side quest line that is usually a little longer and multi-layered. Furthermore, that is another point that I really like about this game. Most of the side quests can be completed within about 10 minutes and are usually kept within a certain region, so it doesn't force you to make long treks across the map. Yeah, I did notice that. That's a good point. That's that's a perfect point, and I'm glad. Although this starts as a revenge story for the death of their son, Kemu, Kemu, um, Bayek gets pulled into a larger conspiracy by his wife, Aya, regarding the order of the ancients and their role within a power struggle between the pharaoh Ptolemy and his half-sister, Cleopatra. There isn't much more to say about it at this point, since the game is still establishing the setting and background. The game also introduced uh, Layla, Hassan for about four games since AC3 you play as a generic no face no name modern day protagonist so this is for real replacement for Desmond Miles and her story arc continues through Valhalla she's fine Hmm. this game really just serves as her introduction as an Abstergo research scientist that has gone rogue with her own studies of the book however she has more character development in Odyssey and Valhalla I'm not going to get into the modern day stuff too much since it's almost impossible to follow unless you've played all of the games. As a side note, I really like the modern day stuff, but I'm glad they kept this portion of the game minimal for people who aren't very interested in it. If you want, you can spend some time reading the emails on her laptop to get more background information, but that all is completely optional. Most of the modern day points in this game last about five minutes or less and only pulls you out of the animus a few times. This game has plenty of accessibility options that allow you to make it easy or difficult as you like. For example, there is an option in the settings to turn off the objective markers on the map, and you can search out locations naturally based on the information provided by the quest givers. Once you get close enough to your target location based on their hints, you can use Sinu to pinpoint the area you're looking for, like The Witcher. I think this game is best played on a higher difficulty for combat, on normal or lower difficulties, you can pretty much breeze through all objectives by hacking and slashing your way through everything. However, the higher difficulties increase you, encourage you to use a combination of stealth and combat, along with the, all the tools at your disposal, such as sleep darts, fire bombs, poison traps, etc. Speaking of abilities, I would suggest prioritizing passive XP abilities first, along with overpower near the top of the skill tree and the ability to control the movement of your arrows to the left of the skill tree. If you're playing on normal, you may find that Bayok starts to become pretty OP as you level up, so don't forget you can bump up or bump down the difficulty however you like to keep the combat interesting. Till next time, Chad. Thank you, Chad, for that email. It's a good email. A lot of good points. Yeah. Um, The last paragraph of that, uh, thanks but no thanks. I, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like to breeze through my games. I also like Sinu saying, you're an idiot. You need to go to this exact point. <laughs> because I am an idiot. But uh, no, I, I, I... As far as like small final thoughts for me uh, at the very beginning of this game, I, I, 
I feel like I feel like that if I tried to go back and play another Assassin's Creed game that's older than this one, I would hate it. I still have Assassin's Creed one on my list, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm not sure how many of them I will end up playing. The only game there, all right. So I take it back. There's two games that interest me. That's from the old game series, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yep. And Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Black Flag and Syndicate, only because of the settings at the end. Uh, Syndicate, you know, obviously, uh, kind of Victorian era, uh, London, you know, Mm -hmm. industrial revolution times kind of thing. Uh, and then, you know, Black Flag is just straight up pirate game. Yep. That's why I had to get it. Yeah. So I, those are the only two I really have any desire to play whatsoever. But I get the feeling that after we finish Origins, I don't think I'll be able to go back to them because I feel like they're too archaic. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I enjoy a good retro game as as much as the next guy, but well, maybe in two more years it'll be retro and it'll be fun. Yeah, who knows? Well, how are you feeling about it, Matt? Like, you like? Do you, are you liking it? I don't. I, I don't think you love it as much as I do. Yeah, I was gonna say that at the beginning when when you were, you know, when you were gushing. I I am enjoying this game and actually quite a lot. I'm not sure I would say I'm in love, but I, I do really like it. I mean, the, the, there's not much of a story which I don't care about. I mean, other than, hey, just assassinate these people. But what story there is is so intricately tied to Bayek and his life, right? It's it's his wife and it's his son and it's the people he knows. So I, I do get a, a fair sense of character from Bayek, which is – more than enough. I really liked the the combat so far, and the 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 way that it's not only the assassination that matters. Like the most fun I've had in this game is walking into these like garrisons or these these areas where you know that you have to be on the watch. You know that there's going to be a captain or two captains or whatever, and there's going to be a hidden item. And so far, those are the most fun times I've had in this game is going in and be like, all right, how do I, how do I approach this area? You know, do I just go in? Because I actually, the, the most, the most comical time I had so far playing this was I had gone into one of the areas again, maybe six or seven times and just died over and over and over again. And then my actual objective wasn't just to clear it out. It was to rescue a guy who couldn't walk out of a cage. And I was able to just go in through the side, open the cage and carry him out and leave. And like, after I had like beaten myself against the front door so many times, I just kind of snuck in the side, rescued the guy and I was out and done. And I just thought that was kind of funny that, you know, never had to go through the front door. Yeah. That's the, uh, one good thing about these games is they always give you the option to do whatever you want. Of course, I came back later and really mopped the floor with, with them. You know, and I kind of went around the top. There was, a, you know, like a, a, a wall surrounding this area, and I decided to travel along the wall. I probably took out six or seven people before anyone saw me. 
and at that point, I kind of knew where everyone was, and I was able to start with some arrows and, you know, change up change up the combat a little bit and approach it a little bit. Although I always feel like I'm aiming things a little bit, trying to keep out of people's lines of sight. So I'm always like just waiting by a doorway for someone to walk through. Yeah. So there's a little bit that that feels a little bit gamey, but overall, I've just really enjoyed the encounters and the combat, some of the exploration. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty much everything. Thing I've been enjoying about the game, and I don't really have any major negatives at the moment. Uh, you know, I I want to see where it goes. Clearly, the game's not almost over, but uh, you know, Cleopatra's going to be in this, and you know, things are bound to expand out beyond this personal vendetta, revenge tale. So, eager to see where it goes. Eager to see the new areas. I mean, the game's gorgeous. I you know I in, in the same way that in the last game I felt like I was never good at the combat in Kiwami. Yeah. I I already kind of got to the point in this game where I'm like, I feel good. I feel like I'm dodging things the way I'm supposed to. I'm able to dodge around somebody and get them in the back. I'm able to take out one or two people before they get to me with it, with my, with my arrows and then switch to my sword. So I kind of like that. I, I felt like I was kind of pacing the enemies the right way. There was one point in that one, like large garrison where they had a uh, they they had like a like a launch like a cat like a, not a catapult but like a, a, like a spear launcher yeah ballista yeah and I was able to take out then like they were sending reinforcements and I was just aimed at the front door and you know took out three people that way and then when one of them got close you know I was able to switch so I just felt like I was able to use a variety of moves a variety of weapons and a variety of approaches. To the point where I felt like I was able, I, I was in control of the combat. I wasn't purely reactive. Whereas in in Kiwami, especially, not not even so much in in Yakuza Zero, but I just felt like it was either only the same thing over and over again, or I just felt like I was at the mercy of of, of the game. Whereas this game, I feel like I've got more more autonomy and more control over what I'm doing, and that you know that that's a pretty good thing. Matt, do you have any interest in Far Cry? Yes, because I've what, dabbled. What you just described is basically everything in Far yep. Cry. Yeah, and that—that's what I do. That's what I have loved about Far Cry is that ability to approach an encounter however you see fit. Yes, that's one thing. Ubisoft is really good at that. Um, yep. I know they give them a lot of uh, people give Ubisoft a lot of hell because their game revolves around here's a map and a whole bunch of things to do on it and go. And that that's because that's their kind of their formula, but the moment to moment gameplay in a lot of their games is superb. Far Cry five. I enjoyed the living crap out of that game because it, and, and, and I had the breaking point in that game because I was, you know, I go to this, this, this camp, a bunch of enemies running around, and I was trying to scout it out. I would try to sneakily go around and kill dudes. And then I'd get into a firefight and then I'd be like, ah, I got screwed. I'm not like I'm dead or, or, you know, yep. it, it was just like another shooting gallery. But when it finally clicked for me, I was like, Drew, you idiot. They're giving you all these options. I could go in guns blazing right now. I could bring, I could, I could bring freaking, uh, Nick Rock, who is on. 
on a freaking like helicopter, not a helicopter, but a, a plane who will just drive by and just like freaking carpet bomb these dudes. Or I could bring a freaking, you know, I could bring Cheeseburger, who is this giant grizzly bear with me, and have him maul dudes. And I'm like, use the freaking tools that I have. When I started doing yep. that, every encounter was awesome. Every encounter I really like that it doesn't feel like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It was just like, because I was like, I, I almost felt like I was cheating, but I'm not, I'm not really cheating. I'm, I'm like, like they, you have these allies for a reason, fucking use them, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm calling in a fucking airstrike. Let's do it. You know? And, and it made the combat so much more fun in that game because you had the option. I could totally go in there stealthy. I could start it off stealthy, kill about three guys, and then say, hey, Nick, why don't you come and uh, shoot up these guys for me? And he just comes and shoots up the guys, and I, oh, I just took over the camp. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, this is fun. This is what makes this game fun. Yep. Assassin's Creed is the exact same way. I don't, I don't care if it is, if, if it is cheesing the game. If I lure a guy into a room and kill him and then wait for his buddy to come check up on him and then kill him too, I am totally okay with that because the game lets me do that, you know? Yeah. And, and I like, that's fun to me. Like I don't, it's not fun to be surrounded by guys and then have a hard time trying to fight a bunch of them. It's fun to pick off these guys one by one in dumb ways, you know? And that's, that's yeah. exactly and what And I kind of go back and forth. Like, I go into every one of these areas basically trying to go stealthy at first, where, you know, I'll, just because that's kind of fun. I'm like, hey, this guy's facing away from me. Obviously, I'm going to come up and stab him in the neck. Yeah. But, you know, but I, I, I really appreciate the fact that once I'm discovered, it's not game over. Yeah. Or, yeah, it might as well be because you're about to be surrounded and immediately killed. I, I just, I, I like that flexibility. And I like that basically, it, it almost feels like a bit of respect. Yeah, do what you want, you know. However you want to approach this, you know, good luck. So, I, uh, I mean, bringing that back up with, um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. It's not, it, it wasn't registering for some reason on the, on the thing, but bringing back, bringing back up uh, Far Cry, you know, got Far Cry 6 coming out this year. I saw that gameplay trailer and I was like, yeah, I'm in. I, I, I cannot wait to do this. So, um, but yeah, that's one thing Ubisoft does right is they give you a game that gives you options and play it however you want. And it feels, yeah. it feels when, great. When I couple that approach with the combat, it feels pretty good and I, I feel like I'm in control. And couple that with like the, the upgrades and the RPG elements that feel pretty good and meaningful. Like th those two things together mean that I'm in, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying the, the progression in the you know, the actual progression as well as just my progression of understanding the game and, and getting better at, at playing it. I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I'm having a ball game and I cannot wait to explore more. That's the thing. It's like right now we're kind of just stuck in, in Alexandria. I'm sure like this game opens up even more, which I know it will. As soon as I get to those pyramids, I'm going to have a ball. <laughs> that's 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 the end goal. <laughs> I'm gonna make it to the pyramids, and I'm gonna climb them. But um, yeah, that's that's gonna be it for us. Uh, I'm I'm having a great time with it. Like I said, we are kind of playing this casually, and we're just going. Sure, I'm gonna be doing the story missions, but I, if it says you need to be level 15 to do this mission, I'm not gonna touch it until I hit level 15 because I want to do the side stuff. I want to explore. I want to go find the stuff, and and this may be a long long you know, 
recording session for us. But I'm okay with that because, damn, I'm actually having a fun time with this game. Yep. So. Yep. Me too. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email, it's drew at ztd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury, and Matt is at REMGS. Uh, the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But um, yeah, I think that pretty much it. Um, gonna play some more Assassin's Creed. Can't wait. I'm I like I have been. Every time I have free time, I'm like, all right, I want to play some Assassin's Creed. So, yeah, I've actually picked this game up. You. Usually I'll play good like multi-hour sessions or two-hour sessions, but I've picked this game up even when I only had twenty or thirty minutes just to be like, oh, I could just do one mission. Yeah, I could do a side quest here. Even just unlock one thing, just get, just get to the top of that tower, synchronize, and turn it off. I'll have achieved something, and I can, you know, I can come back later. Yeah, that's the beauty of those games, man. But yeah, that's going to be it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you guys have a great week, and until next time. I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're gone. Have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll be back next week with the continuation of Assassin's Creed Origins.